Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans. Hello, welcome back to Red Side of Trent for the fan preview. Joining me to discuss Forest's trip to the Etihad. Um, I don't know if you've heard, they treble winners, uh, Man City. And returning guests from last season, Amos Murphy of the City Report pod. Amos, how are you, pal? Are you all right? Can I, can I just have that introduction again? Well, what winners? Uh, the, the treble winners, yeah. Well, we can't sing uh... Uh, Champions of Europe at you this time. <laughs> I think it'll be like, oh, we've won it twice. And I think yeah. that will probably be the, the, the chant, won't it? Which is boring and horrible and cringy. But you good, mate? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. It's been a, a whirlwind couple of months, as you can imagine. Um, really enjoying really enjoying life and, and the football. So, yeah, I'm... I'm uh, <laughs> Delighted, delighted to be back. Well, since we last spoke, Forrest snatched a draw and Ilkay Gundogan claimed we were the catalyst for your, I don't mm. know, rampage, I'd say, on, on England and Europe. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, how how's that been since that since that game, really? Because, I, I mean, that must have been some sort of journey that you've been on. It, it's funny, I remember after that game at the city ground where it was 1-1 um i think for most people's money city were probably the better team forest hung in fantastically you know the a few missed chances from harland and, and whatnot um but then obviously chris wood pops up in the 80 odd minute i can't remember exactly but towards the end of the game and, and snatches a 1-1 draw since then literally from that game since then it, it was it was all sort of all hands down beating pretty much everything that came in front of us. The only games we didn't win in that sort of last part of the season were either after the league was confirmed against um, Brighton and Brentford or in Champions League two-legged games. So thank you, Forrest, basically, because it was <laughs> it was that performance which pretty much turned City's season around. 
I mean, I mean, are you old enough to remember when you was a yo-yo team playing the likes of like Gillingham? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's that's one of the, and I mean, I'm reminiscing now um, from the last couple of months. It's been, as I'm sure any listener can imagine, a sort of like a very emotional couple of months. But that was one of the things you were thinking of as as City were lifting the trophies and whatnot, and. Of course, big clubs win big trophies, and that's great. But I think for City, especially fans of a certain era, it was great to have that moment because of what happened before. And not to say that it wouldn't have been as rewarding if you hadn't, you know, if if you were, I don't know, for example, a Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, Man United fan who have been successful in the past. But it was that sort of we were down there, we're now up here, and and yeah, it was it was. Um, a really fun last few months of the season, as I'm sure anyone can imagine. I mean, I, me and my friends were cheering City on in the Champions League final because we're not those supporters that want other teams from other countries to win. Mm. And I mean, unless it was like maybe Liverpool or Man United, then, <laughs> then that was a thing. But I mean, it, it's such a good achievement. I mean, what, the second English team to have done it after obviously mm. your rivals. I mean... You you can't really look more put much past Pep Guardiola in a lot of that really, but he's some sort of psychopath, isn't he? Because he's clearly not stopped at all because you've won all five games of the season so far. You, you say that, but he's been missing for two. Um, he had um, he had back, back surgery. Back yeah, so um, I guess he has had a tiny little break um, in more ways than one. But yeah, it, it, it's been it's interesting because obviously you do you do well near enough when everything available to you in football you have the perfect season. You go off into the summer and you're like, I never want football to start again. And then that <laughs> genuinely for for a couple of weeks that's where my head was at. Like, how do you top this? How do you how in a couple of weeks time do we go back to caring about games against Fulham or Burnley or whoever it might be? But I think as soon as the, I'd say it's probably in in the first game, the first Premier League game of the season, and then we had the Super Cup as well, which was obviously another chance to win another trophy. But as soon as those games kept rolling around, you're like, okay, suddenly, you know, this is where this is where it comes back, and that's only as a supporter. So I can imagine as the manager, as the players, they do have that appetite, which is it's remarkable to see. I think. Um, at West Ham over the weekend when obviously we went behind and then came back and won. Just seeing the elation on the players' faces, that's a, a game against West Ham in middle of September, five games, in, five games into the season, and they were delighted. So I think that sort of shows you everything you need to know, at least at this point, where their hunger and their appetite's at. I mean, it just goes to show you how good Guardiola is because you've just reminded me, I mean, they've missed two games, but I met a Forest fan, an old boy at Chelsea away, and he told me a story there. He was having a pint with Clough with like 10, and then like like 10 minutes before kickoff. Um, he was like, <laughs> Peter Taylor popped his head around the corner, he said, and said, oh, are you having another one, Brian? He says, yeah. And, he said, and then the, the, this bloke I met, he was like, um, are you sure? Like, shouldn't you go speak out? Goes, oh, they know what to do. And they won 3-1 or something. I was like, that, 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 I mean, Guardiola could quite easily do that. I know he's not that type of person because he's so passionate and so Yeah, yeah it sounds it. very much like Brian Clough, to be honest. That, But yeah, my next point was about your transfer dealings. Obviously, Gundogan, Laporte, Mares, Palmer. And, mm-hmm. and if you want to say Cancelo to a to an extent, are your major department departures, should I say? And Gvardiol, Kovacic, Doku, and Mateus Nunes coming in. Has anything else had to change to bed them sort of players in? And and obviously the outgoings, would you say? 
It was a really interesting summer. Um, probably a summer more interesting than most people thought at full time in Istanbul after the Inter Milan game. It, it you know it, it felt like City were going to maybe lose one or two players. That's that happens every summer. But mo- most importantly, or, or the biggest thing to note is that City's business relatively speaking, is completed before the Premier League season starts. City usually have their incomings in. There's a couple of outgoings and and most of the time, to be honest, they're academy players who are leaving the club. So to to go back to it, obviously, Doku signed in the last week of the window. Nunes officially over the line in on deadline day. Um, Gvardiol didn't join until before the day before the Community Shield. And obviously, Kovacic was, was really early on. It was a bit of a tumultuous summer and, and quite a lot of City supporters were having concerns about, you know, what, what is this change in tact about? But I think the it goes back to the fact that you, you win the treble and obviously um, the season was pushed back a little bit because of the World Cup. So after the celebrations, I think it was the 15th of June before they went off on holiday, two weeks on holiday, etc. before they come back into pre-season training. Everything's pushed along a little bit. And there's always going to be, you know, weirdly enough, some would say City were in a transition year last year. Um, and the the success was just a culmination of what happened. You know, this sort of siege mentality, Premier League charges, etc. as everyone knows about. And it just, they just were riding the crest of the wave. Obviously a very good team. But that transition has obviously carried over to this year as well. Gundogan, the captain, he's gone off to Barcelona on a free transfer. Laporte, obviously replaced by Guardiol. Cancelo, who was the root of many problems last year in terms of um, dressing room attitude and, and um, well, reportedly actually starting fights. So um, you can imagine the sort of influence he was having. But I think it's been a positive summer. And, well, it, 100% has been a positive summer. City haven't lost the game so far. Um, but the players that have come in, weirdly enough, have bedded in immediately. Um, Mateus Nunes in the Champions League, I think he completed 90 passes or something like that. Jeremy Dock, who obviously scored on his um, against West Ham and has made an immediate impact as well. So it's been a weird summer, but overall, a strong one. Yeah, I mean, what Joe's a City support, and obviously you go every every week or every opportunity you get do when you mm-hmm. watch the team kind of unfold of what what Pep Guardiola has conjured up I don't know I don't know if he's playing too much football manager or FIFA or what <laughs> in his heyday sort of thing to come up with half the stuff that he does in in real life but do you ever get like confused about all these inverted wingers and wing backs and <laughs> and all like where the where the chuff is everyone playing do you know what I mean but like it must be great to watch it, it's fascinating to watch. And I think a lot of people give City the tag or neutrals give City the tag that they're a boring team to watch. And I, I totally understand why people would say that. Um, City aren't winning games 5-3. They're not blitzing past opponents every week 7-0. In, in that last season's run towards the end of the season, there was a lot of 1-0, 2-0, 2-1, etc. And it was built on defensive attributes. This season has been fascinating because with the injury to John Stones, and he's not played in the Premier League or Champions League either this season, City have almost had to reinvent themselves again. And Kyle Walker's come back into the fold as, as a starter and a captain. And he's been playing a weird sort of like wing back is probably the most conventional term to describe it probably closer towards a right wing position. <laughs> Phil Foden is nominally on the team sheet, a winger, 
but he's playing in sort of the gap between where a midfielder would be and a winger would be. So I guess you could say inside forward is, is probably the term for that one. So it does feel like a real education whenever you get to watch City um, because it is, you know, I think if you look at some of the heat maps, it's just a blob. There's there's no rhyme or reason to it, <laughs> to, to, to our minds anyway, to us mere mortals, but obviously it makes sense to the players and, and the manager. I mean, John Stones was, I, I couldn't have told you where he played in that Champions League final, but he was phenomenal. He was the best player on the pitch other than maybe Rodri, and even Rodri said you were below standards, to be fair, in his yeah. interview afterwards. Yeah. Um, the, the the other thing that made me laugh, and I have to bring it up, is Kyle Walker's obviously extension contract video with the whole mix of <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street and then you guys celebrating us beating Arsenal, which is, I mean, it's all neutral love, isn't it, at the moment? Yeah. But, uh, another thing I got to ask you, uh, Kevin De Bruyne obviously went off in the first 20, 30 minutes of the Burnley game. Has his injury been a blessing in disguise in a little way because it's gave the license to Phil Foden to maybe fulfill that role a little bit more and actually have more of a impact and more of a run of games for himself. Absolutely. It's interesting you say that because I did a, a show after the um, Red Star win in midweek. And, and we said that ourselves in, in the sense that you never want to lose a player of Kevin De Bruyne's quality. And it, and it is objectively a bad thing to have happened. But at the same time, it's given City a chance to wane themselves off his reliability in the sense that last season, for a a chunk of the campaign, it felt like Haaland and De Bruyne were tasked with doing something incredible. It was up to those two. And if that didn't happen, um, a little bit like at the City ground, a game against Tottenham Hotspur away from home, which we always lose anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. But it it was like... De Bruyne spamming crosses into Haaland after he came on the bench. It was inventless, you know. There was nothing about it. It was it was poor um, at times, obviously, relatively speaking. But with his injury this time around, um, Bowden has been able to have a bit more license um, in that position I spoke about before. But also Julian Alvarez, who has had quietly probably the best start of any player in the Premier League. I mean, you might say uh, Tayo Awoni's got a shout for that, and he absolutely does it. And I would love to speak about him as well, because I remember last year on the show, you asked me what he would be like. And, and I probably um, prematurely put my stocks in him, and it maybe didn't pay off as much last year, but he's, he's, <laughs> certainly, he's certainly hit the ground running this time around. But uh, going back to it, Julian Alvarez has, has had a, an amazing start. Some of his numbers are incredible, and he's playing a, nif- a different role as well. So I would say blessing in disguise, I would probably not put my words, uh, my name to those words, just in case they come for me. But um, I think you're onto something there. I think it is definitely, um, it's definitely helped in some capacity. Well, if you listen or hear James Lawrence Orcott's The Ripple Effect, I think Kevin De Bruyne's injury is a nice ripple effect for some City players that kind of on the fringes. Because a lot of the Mm. time, people are like, oh, is Foden a 10? Is he a winger? Gareth Southgate doesn't seem to think he's a 10, though he scored in that position against Scotland. (laughs) Idiot. Um, I have noticed Julian Alvarez because he's on my sheet, uh, Amos. How good? Is he? Because that finish, uh, I mean, as we're recording, City played last night against Red Star. His Mm. first goal was sensational in, in, in some respects. If you like it from a a techie point of view, I mean, that was sublime skill. But also, what a first year he had at City. Won the mm. treble, won the World Cup. Ballon d'Or, give it to him. <laughs> it, it's weird, isn't it, that the conversation seems to be Messi versus Haaland. 
but like you say, Julian Alves had uh, not nearly as big an impact, but he certainly had an impact in in both of those achievements. So you know, he he does have a, a very valid Ballon d'Or um, outside shot, nonetheless. But yeah, that that goal is is is. I mean, it's. It's pure power league, really, isn't it? Five aside, just yeah, skipping past the goalkeeper when you're allowed in the box, to be said. Um, <laughs> but just the, the the presence of mind, it was so casual, and, and that's that's what he brings. He's he's a workhorse, and and I think it's an easy comparison to make because of the nationality. But there's a lot of Sergio Aguero there, and there's also a lot of Carlos Tevez there as well. He's almost like the love child of both of them, amalgamated <laughs> into one sort of really, really good football player. And um, it's interesting that, that there's a few supporters who are questioning his validity in that role. Or, or maybe before the international break, there was a, a performance against Fulham where he scored, um, nonetheless. But there's some people saying, no, is he is he best suited to playing in a deeper role? I, th- I think he's wonderful. I think he's genuinely wonderful. He's, he's off the ball work is it's quite scary and his his um lung capacity seems to be unlimited he he played he was part of that crew who played in bolivia over the international break at like 75,000 feet above uh, above sea level or whatever it is and he came back against west ham and played near enough the full 90 minutes he played near enough the full full 90 minutes against red star turned the game on its on its head so um yeah he's he's a he's a joy a really sort of really amazing wonderful footballer to watch i mean i don't obviously follow City every day like you do, but he seems like the character that kind of gets on with it as well. Like you can't you kind of come mm. in as a striker from River Plate and then has played out wide, played in the 10, played as a striker as well. It seems like he can do a fair few different roles and he just gets on with it and, and is still effective, which mm. is obviously very good for, for City when you've got not a massive I don't I don't I actually don't think City have got a huge squad. It's more very compact with a lot of youngsters mm. like Oscar Bob coming in and and people like that. But I did want to ask you something. And I mean I'm probably gonna get a biased answer out of you, but I, I think Rodri's the best centre defensive midfielder of all time. Would you agree or disagree? Because I had someone ask me about Busquets and I just said Busquets doesn't do half of what Rodri can do. It's interesting. I, I subscribe to that school of thought as well. And I said I said a couple of weeks ago that Rodri is the first holding midfielder since Busquets to totally reinvent what that position does. Because I think you have two sort of styles, and maybe that's a bit um, arbitrary in terms of, you know, it's not a binary yes and no in, in this conversation, but you, you tend to have the Casemiro style of holding midfielder who will break up play and then offload the ball to uh, one of his midfield partners. Whereas with Rodri, and I'd throw Declan Rice in that sort of style as well, and there's a couple more um, across European football, they can win the ball back and they do that job expertly. But when you give them the ball as well, it's like having a creative midfielder in your team. So so they do do this hybrid role of what a traditional CDM would do and then what this new wave that Rodri seems to be inventing himself. And, And I think at the moment, across European football, Jude Bellingham's the only man who you could really say is is rivaling him as the tag of the best midfielder right now in world football. Perhaps even the best player, because I'm not sure there's many in Europe who have started the season so strongly and are having such an impact week on, week out. Yeah, I mean, I love the whole tucking his shirt kind of just gets yeah. there. Just He's just... A, I mean, people use the whole Rolls-Royce thing a bit over the top, but he is like, 
I don't know. He's he's better than a Rolls Royce. That's all. I mean, he's a, he's a cruise cruise ship. Is, is what yeah. I like to say. He's, yeah. he's phenomenal. I love him. Like I just, I hope Ibrahim Sangare doesn't get starstruck on Saturday when they play against him. So kind of follow that mold in terms because he kind of looks like he could be that player. Mm. We're, we're, we're yet to see. I mean, it was a shaky shaky debut, mixed debut on uh, on Monday night, as I will sure get onto when when I come onto your show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But um, I'd want to ask about Guardiola. I think he's stated that this will be his last couple of seasons, If I, correct me if I'm wrong, last couple of seasons, yeah. and then he's going to finish up. Like, where, where, What direction do you think City are going to go in? Because I've said this in, in previous things that once Guardiola goes, I think it will change the Premier League massively because I don't think City will be as dominant as they are right mm-hmm. now. I think he's the GOAT for me. Yeah, um, I mean, one look at Chelsea, one look at Manchester United, maybe even Liverpool to a degree for, for the opposite um, effect. But I think every club in the Premier League to different degrees has amazing footballers. There is talent throughout the leagues. And this may be controversial, but I don't think the gap between City's players and whoever is at the bottom of the, well, maybe Luton or, you know, those teams who've come up are a little bit, the quality drops off a little bit there. But say the top half, for example, I don't think the quality between team and team and team is that big. There's obviously, there's obviously improvements as you go up the team. A lot of it comes from the manager and City don't win a trophy last season without the manager because halfway through the season, he gets rid of Cancelo, he, he puts Nathan Ake playing as a left back, John Stone starts playing in midfield. No other manager, I don't think anyway, no other manager comes up with that solution. And on top of that, no other manager comes up with that solution and has the player's confidence to go out and do it and put it into effect. That's what you get with Guardiola. And, and as soon as he leaves, I have absolutely no doubt the league gets tips on on its head. Obviously, City will still have the money. They will still have good players. They will still be able to attract good players. And I think long-term speaking, that's why the Champions League win was so important because it helps build the legacy while Guardiola is still here. You're now attracting players to come and play for a European champion or a former European champion, as opposed to trying to get them to buy into this idea of, you know, one day we'll do it, one day we'll do it. And if Guardiola leaves, that becomes harder. But I do, I absolutely agree. Whenever he leaves, he's got two years left in his contract. There is an outside talk that he may extend again, um, although... I'm not sure how legitimate that is at the time of speaking, but um, certainly it, and I think a lot of clubs in the Premier League towards the top end are hoping that day comes sooner rather than later because it, it does seem like it's relentless at the moment. Yeah, get him gone. Fuck <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if, I, I think it will be interesting to see who's linked for me at the moment. 
top of my list if I'm a City fan is Roberto De Zerbi. Complete, I just Absolutely. think he's done such a good job. I mean, I thought Potter was good at Brighton. This guy is somewhere else. And then mm. I, even watching Company's team, Burnley side, Villiers on Monday, I thought I was really impressed. Thought they 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 they're a really good side, and I think I think they'll be all right. I, I think they'll still scrap at the bottom, but that's enough another, mm. another podcast in itself. Who 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 kind of who who you kind of looking at to maybe fulfil that role? Deserby's a massive shout, and and actually um, going back to his Sassuolo days before he went to Shakhtar, and obviously it's it's weird because he went to Shakhtar, and that and that felt like um, for anyone who backwards football, yeah, yeah, especially you know he, he was going over to a Ukrainian league, and obviously what happened in Ukraine was was horrifying but you only really get to see and Mudrick's a perfect example from a player point of view you only get to see them in the Champions League and that's probably three games a season or six games a season sorry um so yeah it felt like a bit of a weird move he's been kind of blessed in the sense that he's been able to go to Brighton and have such an impact his, his teams are frightening uh we've got him in a couple of weeks time and and it's going to be it's going to be a real ding dong battle um one of his first games as Brighton manager was at City and and City won 3-1 but it was it was absolutely nowhere near the sort of the scoreline didn't reflect it at all so Deserby's one of them um you know the usual big hitters it, it, it depends what sort of period City want? Do they want to go down the project route again and have a manager for the next six, seven years? Or do they maybe need somebody to come in and fill that gap? You know, maybe not this person, but a Carlo Ancelotti type of sort of experience at the top level, um, just to maintain the success and get a little bit out of the players who are still there and then maybe look for, I don't know, a company, a Deserby if they've had a bit more time. I think it, it really depends on what where City are at the moment in time. Um, but yeah, Deserby, <laughs> he's, he's, a, he's a frightening manager and I, I would really love to see him. Um, yeah. Really love to see him at City one day, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into the game, obviously, without I'm dreading. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, other, other than the obvious, which is obviously possession, high-pressing football, what, mm-hmm. what can Forrest expect from this City side that has had... A fair few personal changes. I mean, is Jack Grealish injured? Because I've not seen much yes. of him. I believe he, yeah, he may well be. I mean, I'd, I'd said on our show yesterday that Jeremy Doko, as far as I'm concerned, frightens the life out of me. He played against us in, in a friendly and looked incredible in that game for for Rennes. So, I mean, I suppose he's he's the big one as well as mm. the obvious candidates. Doku man, um, he he came on yesterday. He replaced the injured Bernardo Silva, and and that's a completely different topic. since his injuries at the moment, but he, oh, he good. came Bernardo on. Silva's injured, brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's another one for you. There's about four or five. Um, he came on, and and there's a, a screenshot on Twitter somewhere. Within one minute of being on the pitch, he'd completed one dribble, and and it's someone saying, "Oh, he's he's addicted to to dribbling, and he's addicted to skilling plays," and, and it does feel like that. Whenever he gets the ball, his first thought is, "How can I progress it?" Which is something that City haven't really had, and and something that maybe most people wouldn't associate City's attack with, and it does lead to um, giving the ball away. The goal City conceded against West Ham came from him being pressurised, and, and he sort of he took a bad touch. They go down the other end. Ward Prowse scores, but it it's going to be a long day for the uh, for the fullbacks. I think if they if if Doku starts because he he is relentless with it, and he's got bags of energy, and he, he's he's rapid too. He's he's one of the quickest 
He's got some of the quickest feet I, I can ever remember a City attacker having. It, it, it's bamboozling, and that's just from the terraces. God knows what it's like when you when you're coming up against him one v one. Who 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 out the City ranks uh, do you think hasn't shown up yet in the first five games? And you're kind of thinking, well, come on now, it's it's about time you got going. Mm-hmm. This is this is going to sound ridiculous. Um, Erling Haaland, uh, gen- genuinely. <laughs> Genuinely, the, the fella's got seven goals this season, but the, especially crap. Against, <laughs> crap, yeah, but yeah, let, let's say that. But um, <laughs> against, against Red Star, he had um, he had six shots, and, and don't get me wrong, the, the goalkeeper, um, who's ironically called Glazer, had a, a fantastic game, um, and and probably the best performance from a Glazer in Manchester ever. Um, but he, uh, Erling Haaland had six shots, obviously, didn't score against West Ham, he had something similar and got that goal late on. Keepers have been playing incredibly well against him. Um, I think that's fair to say. But at the same time, he he could have had, genuinely speaking, I think realistically he could have been on 13 goals by now um, already this season. And that's you know not even taking into account his, all of his chances he's had. So, yeah, um, seven goals isn't enough for me in six games. You're going to have to improve it, big Earl. <laughs> He was on like double figures at this time, Blathies, and I'm sure. So <laughs> yeah. he's, I think he's a, he's a little bit behind the projection, isn't he? And the XG or whatever mm. you want to call it. But what have you made of a Forest start to the season? Incredible. Uh, well, maybe if had you won against Burnley, it would have been incredible. But yeah, yeah, I, I think you, you look at that start, and it is a daunting prospect playing Arsenal, Chelsea. Well, maybe not Chelsea, but Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United. Well, well maybe not Man United, but um, you know. <laughs> I think Forest have equally played into United's downfall um, with that with that game. Obviously, it didn't come away with anything, but made United look a bit amateur. But you, you look at those games and, and you say on this at this time of the season to have the points that Forest have got is 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 wonderful. And especially considering last year was all about retaining that position in the in the league, and that second season can sometimes bring about its own challenges. A little bit of complacency, a little bit of working out. You, you maybe lose the novelty of Premier League matches at the city ground, albeit by the um, by what it sounded like on Monday night. I, I don't think that has, has been the case, or at least not yet so far. Um I guess the question will be for Forest how how they go how they go about games against the likes of Burnley because they seem to be a team who are wonderful in the bigger matches, which is interesting heading into Saturday. But when you do have a game against a team who have just been promoted, like you were last season, it's it, it's a different dynamic um, mm. when when it comes to playing against the bigger teams. I think we very much like the underdog tag mm. rather than yeah. being the the, the favourite, and, and I think that kind of showed against Sheffield United and Burnley, and then obviously the rest of the games we've had, we've looked. I mean, not I wouldn't say comfortable because it's been very much on the counter attack, but. Mm. It's been like, oh well, we're not expected to win, so we're a bit more relaxed, and we can yeah. kind of get into a bit more of a rhythm. I'm sure it'll it'll come up. Trumps, we've we've had to change a lot uh, again this summer. Obviously, it's never boring uh, at Forest. But <laughs> who who do you see as as the major threats, and where can we get where where's where's like a weakness we might be able to get at City in their armor? Yeah, um, I'll be honest. So far this season, City have defended really well. Um, I'd mm. say against West Ham, the biggest issue was set pieces and that sounds you know a cliche coming against a big team away from home you've got to have your set pieces but West Ham had three or four chances especially in the first half where they looked daunting they looked threatening from set pieces Edison had to make a wonderful save I think Kurt Zuma had a header as well that 
that maybe just went just wide. Um, so set pieces is going to be a big one. I would say in terms of um, the goalkeeper as well against Erling Haaland, he's had two matches now where he's had about 75 chances and scored one <laughs> goal. So I can imagine him going to sleep the night before feeling feeling hungry for goals um, and, and looking to, to add to his tally. So I think it's always going to be a tough afternoon when, when any team visits the Etihad Stadium, um, especially the form City have started in. But... We saw against Brentford last year. We saw against Everton at the Etihad as well. It does happen. No team is perfect and no team is able to continue that form throughout a 50-game season. There will be lapses in concentration. City's injuries are something to watch. A game in midweek, albeit you know not the, not the most testing of matches against Red Star, but it's still an extra 90 minutes in the legs. It'll be interesting to see how they react to that and what the fitness levels are like um, because I, I do expect it to be, well, it's, it's going to be a weaker team because there's, there's three or four key players out. So th- there will be opportunities. I'm, I'm absolutely certain of that. Are you looking forward to Tyra when you finally make an appearance against City? Because he didn't play in either of the games last year. I, I it, it would be I'll have to go back and find the clip um where I start bigging him up because it will be fantastic, wouldn't it? About ten minutes in, um down the opposite end of the stadium to, to the away fans, unless obviously you win the toss and flip it round to see Tayo Woni wheeling off in celebration, having <laughs> spent the last what two years of my life bigging this fella up from his Union Berlin days. And and, and yeah, I mean I, I I genuinely speaking, I'm delighted for him. He's had a, a, a difficult career going before Union Berlin, um, he, he he found he found form there. He you know and obviously earned him a move to the Premier League. And last season, I think was was difficult for him at times. But it was it was always going to be the case for most Forest players when you have such a big turnaround. Um, and I guess that's one of the things I found most interesting about Forest so far this season is finding that balance and finding that rhythm. Granted, there's been plenty of new arrivals this year as well. Um, but at the same time, you know. It helps when you have the familiarity of the same plays in the in the starting eleven. Not really some of the same plays in the starting eleven week in week out. So yeah, Tayo Awoni, um, get you get, get your bets on because he's a, a guaranteed scorer if my looks anything to go about. Yeah, I mean he's not the cleanest of strikers of uh, of the ball or anything, but he just seems to mm-hmm. be right place, right time, ability, and I and I love that. Um, can I get a lineup prediction from you, Amos? Yeah, um, I mean. Anyone's guess, really, but I <laughs> yeah, think it is. that's we're... why I never put City players in the fantasy <laughs> team apart from Harland. Yeah, just a, um, just in his tinkering ways. Yeah, Edison and Harland, I think, are the two guaranteed players. It, I mean, it's kind of um, you you looking at picking from 13, 14 players because Grealish is out, Kovacic might be back, but he's probably going to be out. Bernardo Silva is out, John Stones is out. And like you say, City don't have a massive squad. So Edison, I would go, Gvardiol comes back in at left centre-back, Diaz and Kanji, I reckon, with Walker on the other side. Um, Rodri, he's as good of a, a sort of a... a, a yeah, and Ruben Diaz, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they're they're the two main guys back there. Um, just moving up the pitch a bit, then Doku, Foden, Haaland, Alvarez. Yes, but I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play because he's played a lot of football. So that leaves a midfielder, and I'll go Matthias Nunes. He had a really good start against uh, Red Star. He played really well. So Edison Walker, Diaz, Akanji, Gvardiol, Rodri, Nunes, Alvarez. Doku, Harland, Phil Foden. 
Oh, that's terrifying, isn't it? Like, <laughs> at least the bench, at least the bench is slightly weaker. I mean, you might have... then it's like the under 14s. I think it was it against West Ham. You named two goalkeepers, only five outfield players. So yeah. that says a lot, doesn't it? Like, yeah, how how um, how kind of tight it? Uh, yeah, how, yeah, how stretched you are. I mean, I thought you might throw in like a 15 year old or something just to take the, <laughs> take the Michael a little bit. But what's your score predictions as well, Amos, before you go? Um, okay. Do you want my, my pessimistic one or the realistic one? Um, I, I do. It's fine. We're realistic <laughs> on, on, on here. Where's realistic? I, I reckon, you know what? I reckon City haven't, I said City have defended brilliantly so far this season, but they have conceded some sloppy ish goals. Um, so I reckon Forrest will score. I wouldn't be surprised. It seems to be the pattern of play since the international break that Forrest take the lead. I would probably still, though, expect City to bounce back. And, and the last three games, what has it been? 3 1, 3 1. Let's go 3 1 again. Um, I can see that playing out. But again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at full time it is a 1 1, a 0 0, maybe not a 0 0, but a 2 2, something like that. Um, That'd be know, amazing. Yeah, maybe even a Forest win. Who knows? Just because of the way Forest have played against big teams so far this season, I've, I've been massively impressed with it. And um, yeah, they're looking looking strong. And we helped you win the league last year. Let's put it all out there. We... Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we tried to help Arsenal. They didn't want the help. We helped City <laughs> instead. Um, where can uh, people find the podcast, Amos? Of course, City Report podcast. Um, you and I are going to be doing a similar style episode. So that will be out on, on the City Report channel this week. It's at City Report pod on social media. I'm at Amos Murphy underscore if you want to hurl any abuse. Um, but hopefully, I, I think that was pretty amicable. Um, I think I think we did a good job there. I think you was a, I think you were a fan favourite last year, Amos, because you've... Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. There's no point in gloating. That'd be boring as a City fan, wouldn't it? True, true. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm- Thank you very much. And uh, well, you don't need luck. It's City, in it? Uh, <laughs> um, but thank you very much for joining us again. Absolute pleasure. Anytime. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 